Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 87 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday, January 21st, 2021. This week, I'm joined by my sometimes co-host, Terry M. Kalika, and we are chatting our year in review. So we're talking about all our favorite books from the year. If you are a normal listener of the show, a regular listener of the show, I'm sure you're all normal. If you're a regular listener of the show, uh, you know that every book that we talk about on here is a must read. Uh, but sometimes there are books that really stand out. And we want to talk about a few of those this week. So that's what we're doing. Let's get right to it. And I'll see you after. It is great to see you again, Terry. I feel like we haven't talked in years. It's been forever. A lot's, a lot's happened to both of us in this time, you know? It has, it has. And I thought, you know, it's it's January. Uh, we have a new presidency coming in tomorrow, the 20th. They're recording on January 19th. And it's just a good time to talk about last year in books, just books. We're just going to talk books. And uh, I've got um, four, I think four that I really want to talk about. And then yeah. uh, we'll talk about some other things too. And you said you had some books too to talk about? Yeah, I made a little list of, uh, of course, I really, uh, I either have them on Audible or I have it read to me, you know, text aloud. Um, but uh, yes, and I have my favorite books cubed also. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Terry can't drink right now because you had some surgery, you said? Yeah, I had some eye surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm drinking for both of us and I've okay. got this lovely Stella pineapple. I would drink my love my beloved Zacapa, but this late at night, it's going to put me to sleep. And I don't want to, I don't want to fall right. asleep. It's closer bedtime, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, Stella Rosa pineapple. I can't read it. Um, a low alcohol grape wine, maybe something. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't tried How it. Many you had already. Yeah, I, I love pineapple, so I thought, oh, why not? So I'm going to take a sip. Where oh, do you? Not bad. It kind of tastes like a Chardonnay, <laughs> a sweet Chardonnay. Where do you get that? Uh, we were at Walmart, and I was going down the aisle getting. Um, I was looking to see if we needed wine. Um, my kids drink like. Um, I forget what it's called, but my husband said, no, they have plenty. My kids are old. Yeah. You better say <laughs> that. Old, old, old. They're not young. They're really old. Knocking at your door. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. They're very old. They're like 30. So, um, uh, so anyway, so I saw this and thought, Ooh, this is perfect for me to drink as we chat books. Yeah. So, um, yeah, crazy year. It is January. It will be January. Let's see. What day is it? Uh, let me look at the calendar here. Uh, this will go out on the 21st of January. So here it is, third week of January, 2021. And still feels like it's kind of a crazy year going on. I know. I know. Um, we were just um, uh, getting the notice. Hopefully I'm going to be up. I may just stay up, you know. 6 a.m. we can start calling our publics and see if we can get shots. Great. You know, uh, yeah. And uh, I have a friend who um, she got on the list from the health department in our county, but now they're not even doing that. Oh. You have to call the publics 
and see. And I, I, you know, I don't know which Publix it's going to be. I'm going to call. There's two on our on our road, actually. You know, our big road out there. But uh, keep your fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, I found out um, that there was some extra left over at the pharmacy right down the street from our house, and they were just giving it to anybody. But we didn't find out about it till it was too late. Really. Yeah, so it's kind of bummed, but you know, we 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 social distance, we wear masks, we wash our hands constantly. Yep. Um, you know, uh, if people walk by us without a mask on, we give them a dirty look. And <laughs> sometimes, and my husband has said something in the past, uh, if we're at um, out and and you know you can't get away from the person, yeah. um, you know, it's just it's just it's polite. The public welfare, the public health comes before. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but we won't get into politics here. I know. Um, but, uh, but actually that's life and death. So screw you. It's not politics anyway. Uh, so let's talk books. Okay. (laughs) Now that nobody wants to listen anymore. Um, But we'll, we'll just (laughs) talk books. (laughs) Yeah. The, um, I think this is be, I don't know, there's like 88 or 89 episodes or maybe not that many. I, I've got a few in the hopper. So, um, I don't know, there's at least 85 episodes. Lots of great books that that I have uh, Terry and I and I alone have um, chatted with people uh, over this last year and um, some actually some I'm going to talk about today. One of them's from two years ago, but it's so good I hate to not include it. And I did not do a best of year uh, last year. Um, so uh, just if you if you like books, go back and just look at the titles for all the shows. I always title them so that you know what kind of book we'll be talking about, whether it's young adult or dystopian or horror or uh, romance, that kind of thing. So, but there was a few books. I like all the books, all the books that I've had on the show, but there are a few that really stay with me. And I think about those and, or the series and those ones I'm going to talk about today. So, and, and why don't you go ahead and start Terry, since I've been yakking so much. Well, uh, not all of mine have um, appeared on. Oh, and I'm sorry, go up a little bit. We're losing you at your chin. You are. Well, yeah. that's good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're wearing black, but it's cutting your your cut off. If you're watching on video, her camera got a little low, and I don't want her to have to be yeah. lost in the. There you go. <laughs> and if you're not watching on video, Terry's got uh, a cloudy moon night uh, as her background, and I have the beach as my background. <laughs> So it's night and day. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'm going to be looking down, so I better get up. Get up to the moon. Um, Well, I guess one of my favorites was um, that, and you interviewed Cecilia Mecca on your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I just, she is just so beautiful, you know, for one thing. She's gorgeous. She's very articulate and um, uh, with all transparency, I won her book. <laughs> you had a little, uh, as you usually do, a little drawing and, um, and I got it and um, I loved it. I loved it. I, I got the book, she autographed it, but I listened to it on Audible. And um, yeah, it was, it was really good. And it's a little out of my genre, you know, that, that I usually read. But, um, you know, uh, vampires and and romance, they're just so sexy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I think that you won the one that I listened to and I kept having to pull over in the car because I had my 
I was going someplace I'd never been before. So I had the directions on and the, the book is like, he put his hands tenderly on her, turn left at the next red light. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I finally had to just, there was a scene that I just could not get through because like the directions it was like every 30 feet, there was another turn. So I just pulled to the side of the road and let the scene finish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I it was it was really good. I loved it. So yeah, her um she does um uh, historical romance and the vampire romance, and of course there's some history involved with the with the vampires, and you really feel like you're there, especially yeah. when she's doing her Scottish Highland series. It's um <clears throat> it's very engrossing, it pulls you right in. Yeah, her her book her books are excellent. Excellent. And for, for everybody listening, we will have, I will have all the links in the show notes for all the books that we've talked about today. So you don't have to scroll back through previous shows just to try to figure out where to find these books. So yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's great. She's great. And she's the sweetest person. So sweet. So sweet. Yeah, she really seems like it. So we would definitely recommend her, her books. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll go now. Are you done? Yeah, well, your turn. Okay, I'll go next. You don't have to. Okay, I have to go into my, uh, I have to minimize this here. And I have to go into my uh, my notes on the computer. So let me see if I can find them now. <laughs> They're here somewhere. They better be. I did them all this afternoon. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to start with uh, Jeannie Wershley. Weisherly. I'm going to say her name wrong. I'm so sorry, Jeannie. She was on the show twice. Once she was on to talk about her wonky witch series. And it is, they are really funny. And uh, oh, that's the other thing I was going to, well, we'll go back and we'll read. Before we do this, let me just read real quick. Do you have Cecilia's, um, the description for her, her book that you read? Uh, I don't have it up. Okay, grab it up. And then I'm going to read this one. Oh. And then you can, we'll go back and, and do that one just so people get a description for these. But let me read, uh, this is the series. It's, um, they're, uh, of course, Mysteries and uh, Cozy and Witches. And the series is called Wonky Inn. Oh, no, it's not. The series is called, yes, it is. It's called Wonky Inn. There's 11 books in the series now. Jeannie was on twice. She was on once to talk about her books. And then once she did writing prompts with us. And her writing prompt was so funny, uh, just so much fun to listen to. So let me read this description from uh, The Wonkiest Witch, which was the first, I think this uh, might be from just, the, yeah, it might be from The Wonkiest Witch. Okay, so from book one, um, Alfred, oh, I'm going to say the name wrong, an inn has been inherited. <laughs> and a dead body, estranged from her witch mother and having committed to uh, too little in her 30 years, Alf surprises herself when she decides to start a new life. She heads deep into the English countryside, intent on making a success of the once popular inn. However, discovering the murder throws her a curveball, especially when she suspects dark magic. Additionally, a less than warm welcome from several locals persuades her that a variety of folk of both the mortal and magical persuasions have it in for her. The dilapidated inn presents a huge challenge for Alf. Uncertain who to trust, she considers calling time on the venture. Should she pack her bags and head back to London? Don't be daft. 
Alf's magical powers may be as wonky as the inn, but she's dead set on finding the murderer. Once a witch, always a witch. And this one is fighting back. A clean and cozy witch mystery. Take the opportunity to immerse yourself in this fantastic new witch mystery series from the author of award-winning novel, Chrome. So um, it, it was fun. It's a fun story. Uh, she's a great character. I, I love cozies anyway. And um, you add in some uh, supernatural elements and I am there completely. And it's funny. And she was such a sweet lady. We had her on the show. I want to say, where was she from? Do you remember? It was, um, she had an accent. Uh, I don't know. South maybe. I don't know. I hate to say she's from the UK when she's not, especially if someone's from Australia and you say they're from the UK. Usually if I hear them, I can tell the difference, but I yeah, um, like. I'm so sorry, sorry, Jean Lee. It's Jeannie. Um, yeah, I probably should have looked that up before I started all this. Anyway, she's from somewhere across the pond and she has a lovely accent and she's very sweet and her books are really good. So if you like witches, Wonky Inn is a series to take a look at. Did you find the description for... Um... No, it's going to take me too long on the laptop. Okay. So. <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, sorry, Cecilia, but Cecilia's books, like I said, if you like Outlander, you need to read Cecilia's books. She's got a several series that are Outlander style and they are excellent. The covers have hunky guys in kilts with swords and um, it's just, they're just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful books. So uh, do you have an, another one that you want to talk about next? Um, well, I don't think you've interviewed these people, but I have. Oh, okay, great. I actually, um, one of my favorite series is um, a series uh, by Charles Finch. And um, it takes place in England too, but he's American and he writes, um, um, the books and they take place in um in england and he is he was at the um murder by the beach bookstore earlier in the year and uh we went down and there were there weren't that many people there because they had just um they were sort of toying with whether they were going to close down because of the pandemic or they were going to you know stay open so they were still open and he came in and he was just the sweetest guy. I mean, really, first of all, he says, well, you know, everybody, because I went over and I introduced myself and he said, call me Charlie. And he um, he immediately, you know, asked if I wrote and I, I talked a little bit and, you know, he he just turned it right to me. And I thought, you know. I've got two books out, you know, I, you know, anyway, he, um, I did, they're not really cozy mysteries, but they are mysteries. They take place. Um, he was actually there going back to writing the three book prequel to his Charles Lennox series. And uh, yeah, three books and a prequel. And he had wow. written, I think he's written 13 maybe 14 total books okay yeah i know i know the series yeah oh shoot i, I would have loved to have met him uh yeah you would have you would have loved him and and the book that um i the last one i read was the last passenger 
and that's the last in the three book prequel and i've read all the others so he's having a new one though coming out soon and you know it's one of those series that you know i just can't wait just can't wait it's mystery it takes place in present time uh no it takes place back in time uh the prequel when he goes back to the prequel it's like 1850s ah. yeah so what's Where, what's where's the setting um it's in is it in london it's the lake he's i'm trying to think if it's actually in london but it's a metropolitan but area but you know his covers usually have pictures where you can just you can just go back in that time and you can just see it and um you just you just feel like you're there i mean he really he really explains things very well where he just takes you back in time so so is the lead um a detective or, or a police officer or he's a, a, a detective murder murder detective squad yeah uh, interesting yeah i i know i know the the series that you're talking about i remember you might have told me about it and i might have I gone to look yeah. at it you probably did yeah I, I know the series and i thought ooh, i remember thinking that sounded interesting yeah yeah definitely do you have that one i should have told you pull up so we can read the descriptions i know i know <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> You go to the next one, I will try. I will try again. Oh, here, what's the name of it? Um, it's The Last Passenger. The Last Passenger. Whoops, mm -hmm. I'm moving my thingy here. Oh, oh, here he is. Okay, Charles Finch. Okay, so let's see. Charles Finch jumps headlong into the detective build business to help a friend in need in this enthralling first mystery in the New York Times bestselling series. Charles Lennox, Victorian gentleman and armchair explorer, likes nothing more than to relax in his private study with a cup of tea, a roaring fire, and, good, and a good book. But when his lifelong lady, friend, Lady Jane, asks for his help, Lennox cannot resist the chance to unravel a mystery. Prudence Smith, one of Jane's former servants, is dead of an apparent suicide. But Lennox, ex Lennox expects something far more sinister, suspects. Boy, I, I have to get new glasses because I'm, I can't quite read. I have to get kind of close and then I'm too close. Uh, murder by a rare and deadly poison. The grand house where the girl worked is full of suspects. And though Prue had dabbled with the hearts of more than a few men, Lennox is baffled by the motive for the girl's death. When another body turns up during the London season's most fashionable ball, Lennox must untangle a web of loyalties and animosities. Was it jealousy that killed Prudence Smith, or was it something else entirely? And can Lennox find the answer before the killer strikes again, this time disturbingly close to home? Dun, dun, dun. Yo, oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. And yeah, if you, if you like uh, historicals, I guess you can call 1800 historicals. You should. Yeah. You should. Yeah. So there really, um, there's also some romance in it. I mean, actually, that book was the first one in the series, but when I saw him, he had written the third prequel. Um, but, you know, it, it follows that romance between him and Jane, Lady Jane. And yeah. they live on a, a London street. Um, his um, Charles Lennox, the main character, is um i guess you would say a, in sort of the gentry uh his brother uh is is in parliament so you know yeah and so they had that political intrigue later on 
and uh, they live on this cobblestone street he does and right next door to lady jane oh and it's, convenient it's really, yeah yeah <laughs> but everything's above board back then <laughs> anyway it's it's really good yeah oh it does sound good it does sound good yeah i like historical a lot so okay so let me get to my next book which is let me find it here do, 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 where is it where is it here we go. Okay. Um, this one is, you ever, you ever remember those, um, on, on, um, YouTube, they had those, that guy narrating the honey badger videos, the honey badger likes to, you know, whatever the honey badger did. And, and just the, the his voice was really interesting. And, um, I, I don't know. Anyway, so I listened to this next book, Tales of the Apocalypse, a duck and cover series. And the first book in the series was called, called Post-Apocalyptic Post Nomadic Warrior. It's by Benjamin Wallace. And uh, hysterical. His books are so funny. On the cover is a, a army boot lifting up off the ground and the heel has a big wad of gum stuck to it. And <laughs> off in the distance, you can see the remains of a city and a and an rv in front of it and the, the cover i i never click on things on facebook never and this was a facebook sponsored ad and i saw that cover and i went oh yeah that's for me mm -hmm. and i clicked on it and i went ahead and got the audiobook and the guy he sounds like the honey badger guy i looked him up and he's not but you know it's things like he wanted her to stop but she didn't but he said to stop but she didn't. I don't know. It just, I don't do it justice. You, you, you need it. to, if you like post-apoc, you need to listen to these books. And I'm going to read the description here. Okay. I've only listened to the first one. I have all, uh, I have the first three in my Kindle. I just, I've got 10,000 things in my Kindle or it's been my, not my Kindle. It's in my, um, whatever the audio, uh, whatever the audio program is. So from book one, no rules, no authorities, no traffic. The end of the world isn't all bad. For Jerry, it was a chance to start over. But after years of traveling the wasteland and helping those in need, he's starting to realize his heart isn't really in it anymore. So for the first time since the world ended, he's considering a career change. Maybe something with more food and less getting shot at. But when he learns that an army of vicious raiders is planning to wipe out the peaceful town of New Hope, he realizes he can't escape what he truly is a post-apocalyptic nomadic warrior. I get chills. This, this book was, if you love comedy, if you love post-apoc, you will absolutely die for these books. They are, well, I don't know about, I mean, I've only listened to the first one. It is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. It sounds really good. Yeah, it's, you know, and, and uh, cover the cover is what caught my eye. And it's that way with so many readers, you know, writers have to be really careful. You can write a fantastic book, but if you don't have a good book cover, no one is going to read it. I know Terry came with me to the first um, book show that I did uh, and I wanted to test out. I had written How to Sex Your Snake and I, before I wrote the second one, I just wanted to get kind of a feel for what people thought of it. And I hadn't really learned about ads or anything yet. So, uh, I knew someone who is a very good artist, uh, 
had done a lot of work with um, Nintendo and other things, other places, very well-known artist too. And so they did a cover for me of his gorgeous coiled rattlesnake with a stopwatch, no, a, a compass sitting in the middle of the snake and the snake's head is kind of sticking up and he's all these different gorgeous colors and patterns and everything. And it was a white cover originally with that snake on the cover. And as a new author, I thought, oh, this is so great. And this is so different. It's going to be eye-catching. And what happened was everybody walked all, all along the tables, got to mine, saw the snake and walked 10 feet around my table going, I'm so scared of snakes. Oh, come on. It's a book. There's no snake on the cover. Jeez, people. It did so, get their attention, but. Yeah, but. Yeah. So uh, I tried it again with a red cover with the same snake and it was vibrant and gorgeous and I loved it and it looked absolutely nothing like any of the other mystery books and so uh, I had to go and look and if you're an author you have to go and look at the top I'd say the top 20 books in your genre and you have to cop copy pretty much emulate their covers uh, you can't be different because the reader is looking for something very specific so when you're looking for a cozy mystery about witches, you want to see a witch on the cover. You want to see it in cartoony looking drawing and she's got some kind of an animal with her and maybe some wafting color uh, coming out of a cauldron maybe. Uh, and that, that's, then, I, then you know exactly what it is and you don't have to read the cover even. So this cover, when I saw that shoe, that army boot with the heel lifted up and the gum on the heel, well, the gum is stuck to his shoe, so I know it's comedy. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, oh my gosh. And that just set the tone for me. It was just a fantastic cover. Whoever did Benjamin's covers, they are fantastic. I don't know, maybe he did them himself. I don't know. I, I've sent a message to him uh, and he never responded. So if you are listening, Benjamin Wallace, I would love to have you come on the show and chat about this excellent series. So let's move along. Uh, what is your next? Uh, book. This is a book that I just read. Um, it's called the the Thirsty Murder, the Thursday, as in the day, Murder Club. Have you seen that one? No, but I love the title. It is really good. It it breaks all the the really strict rules of writing in that. It starts out like in the first person and then it goes to third person, which, you know, we're always, well, we have been told you, you go, if you're first person, it's that way all, all the way through. It is really fabulous. And I think the thing that is the best about it is the characters. It takes place in England. What I'm sorry, what's it called? It's called the Thirsty murder club oh here we go i just put th and the whole thing came up okay go ahead yeah you could probably see already it's it's very popular it's doing really well yeah. and um the characters there's four main characters and they all live in this nursing home but you know really upscale nursing home and they have a club where they like to solve mysteries and and one one particular woman has like a diary and she she sort of narrates the story but you get to know each one of those four main characters really well 
and all the, I don't know, he's probably got five other characters, possible killers um, that you get to know too, their background. And you start even rooting and sort of wind up loving a murderer at the end. And it was, it was just fabulous. It's the, his characterization is exquisite. I only wish I could do it that well. And um, I thought, this is a great book. I wonder if it's going to be a series. And it is. He's, it is. There's, uh, there's two books in the series so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard him interviewed and he says he's got the rough draft. It's all done. But it, I think he's got it scheduled for the end of the year. It's like, really? Can't you give it to me now? Because it's going to have those four main characters again. And it's going to continue on. Yeah, let me read real quick. Uh, it's a very short description. The first book, and, and the first book is called Thir The Thursday Murder Club. The first book in the number one best-selling Thursday Murder Club series. In a peaceful retirement village, four unlikely friends meet up once a week to investigate unsolved murders. But when a brutal killing takes place on their very doorstep, the Thursday Murder Club finds themselves in the middle of their first live case. Elizabeth Joyce. Abraham and Ron, maybe pushing 80, but they still have a few tricks up their sleeves. Can our unorthodox but brilliant gang catch the killer before it's too late? Oh, I like that. Yeah, I and B, I couldn't, couldn't read that. I, I really have to get new glasses. This is pretty pathetic. That sounds really great. You said the second book is, um, oh, I think the second book may be out already. No, I looked it up. You can pre-order it. Oh. But, you know, you can you can now pre-order up to a year in advance. So I think it's due what to come out in October, maybe or yeah, something. let me see. It says pre-order. Oh, pre-order. Let's go yeah. down here. Publication date September 16th, 2021. Okay. From Penguin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's the problem with um uh trad published books. They take forever. It's like one a year. Mm -hmm. I want to read, I want to sit and I want to read a book every four months from the author. There's absolutely no reason for it to take as long as it does. There, there really isn't. I mean, I'm sure there is, but as the reader, I don't want to wait that long. Well, I'll tell you a little story about this guy. The interviewer um, brought this out. Now he, he does television. I think he's a sports announcer. In, yeah, it says uh, he's a presenter, Richard Osman. Okay. So, you know, and he has a great voice. Now, he did not narrate his, his book, but he has a great voice himself. But this was his first book. Wow. And she said, your first book? And he says, well, I always read crime. Crime mysteries were my favorite. Okay. And he's a pantser. Oh. <laughs> This author is very, very close to his mother. And he says that he grew up in a lower class strata. And now he's moved to a middle class strata. And he said, the, he still talks to his mother and he hears her, you know? I mean, I think that the, the women, or a little bit, well, especially one, 
Joyce, uh, who is who is the one that the first person diarist, and um, he hears her, and I think he's sort of I think it's it's a tribute to his mother, oh, really. I think yeah. also. Now I'm just thinking that. No, but I mean but, it probably is. It probably is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, if you've got those characters and he had he obviously had a mother and she would have she would have we draw as writers we draw from people in our lives mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's it's us in, in different forms and a lot of times it's it's a, a combination of people in our lives but you know if he had this mother that was really interesting I can see and he says he can hear her in his head uh I can totally see that that uh she probably ends up on the page in some form. She does. Um, Joyce has a daughter who has made it well and has gone to another upper class, probably an upper class, yeah. you know, uh, system there. And and she will come and visit her mother sometimes and and um, take her somewhere. And her mother won't know what to do. And that that relationship between them, like you know, if you came from a really poor environment and one of your children really made it big and now all the restaurants they want to take you to, you don't even know which spoon or knife to use. That's me. And, yeah, me too. And, <laughs> and at the beginning, the daughter is a little bit, you know, and at the end, you can tell it's changing. That's going to continue that change and them getting to know each other more in the next book too. So definitely, I think that's a little bit autobiographical. I like when there is progression of the characters. I, you know, there you read series and you love aspects of the characters and things that happen and the interactions. But when you have the same thing happening in every single book, it just becomes tiring. You know, you want to see change. You want to, you don't want so much change that, that it's no longer the characters that you fell in love with in the first book. But by the time you get to book 20, there, there should be enough change that if you went back and read, reread book one, you're like, wow, I forgot how different, you know, the characters were, they, they can progress. You can still keep the dynamic between the characters, but they can get new jobs and they can age and they can you know experience different things uh, they can go to different cities <laughs> i've got one series I, i'm not going to say the series but i had to stop failure <laughs> yeah really that i have one series i loved reading but i had to stop because every single book was the same exact same thing happened in every book you know, i read like the first five and there's no reason to read past at all you know you just go on to a new person mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm i'm almost that way kind of that way with my Jack Reacher. I love Jack Reacher. And so I've got maybe six on the shelf that I have not read yet. And I was just thinking, I want to pick one up and start reading one probably this weekend. I thought it's, I've waited about a year between the last one and this one. And I think, you know, he's always in a different city, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's right there at the, at the cusp of the same thing always happens, but it kind of doesn't, he, you know, it had things happen a different way, at least. I mean, he's always going to, help out and he's always going to catch the bad guy and 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 you know he's always going to be the biggest guy in the room uh but i think that he mixes it up enough but if but if you read like four or five in a row which i do sometimes there's a lot of them out uh, you get to where you can't 
you can't read book six, you know, you can't after book after four or five of them, you're like, okay, it is too much. It's too much, too similar. So, yeah, I, I really do believe that. I think that happens in um, definitely cozy mysteries. Um, it's the things that you, you expect in a genre that later on becomes too familiar, but, but you do not want them to change. You just need a break from them. Um, and with Jack Reacher, he's solving cases all over the world, but he's still that same, you know, and, um, and in Cozy Mysteries, it's still the, the dorky, you know, uh, detective who, you know, acts like, you know, everybody thinks he's not that smart, but he really is or whatever. And after a while, you have to sort of say, I got to take a break from this guy, but you don't want him to change that much. You know, you, you, you depend on that familiarity of the character and the little town or whatever. That it's yeah, in. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm on the third book in my June Nash mysteries, and I had her change a little too much. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got her in a different city in every book. Uh, I'm just finishing up the edits to the third book, and I'm completely rewriting the last chapter because she was too helpful and too eager. And June's not. June's amazingly lazy and amazingly selfish. And uh, I, I, she's she's changing, of course with each book, she's a little less selfish and a little less lazy. Uh, so I had, I had involved her too much. I'm like, oops, now got to stop. Went back, rewrote I'm, my chapter. The last chapter of the book has become three chapters now. So, um, yeah. So I was really now, excited about that. Did you figure that. that out or did your beta readers or your editors? No, of I figured that out. My, my, my editor had gone through the entire book and, and sent it back last week with notes and, uh, and I went back and I was fixing all the notes and then I happened to read the last chapter again and went, wait a minute. No, June would not be this helpful. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she would not be, she just wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, and that's the one thing that the readers seem to like is that, that she is selfish. <laughs> so yeah. uh, now I want to I keep the aspect, certain aspects of her around. So yeah, it's slow. I figure if I change her very slowly, uh, she'll still be interesting, but uh, hopefully she doesn't get she doesn't overstay her welcome, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. So I read the description of that one. Okay. So anything else you want to add about that one? No, I could talk a long time about it, but no. <laughs> so that that's the Thursday Murder Club by Richard Osman. So that one is is um sounds really great. Sounds really great. Okay, I'm going to move on and I'm going to go back to uh, dystopian. And I've got a book I was going to hold up. Can you see it? Oh my gosh, you can see it. Because for Christmas, I got a green screen. So used to be when I went on uh, here without the green screen behind me, I would lose my lovely um, uh, background. You know, Uh, if you're not watching on video, I've got the beach with a palm tree as my background. So anyway, this is still Defender, and it is the second book in Cameron's series. And I'm going to find that it's Rusted Wasteland is the series. There are three books. The third has just, well, it's just about to come out, which is wonderful because I am halfway through. I've been reading like one page, maybe two pages a day, and then putting it back down because I want to be able to go right from book two to book three when it comes out. Because I read book one, and then I'm like, 
it was like a year went by before I got the next one. Oh, because I had to wait, you know, for her to finish it. And it was killing me because I loved the first one. Second one is so good too. And I'm sure I will love the third one. So let me, uh, let me show you again the cover. Here it is. It's called, this one is called Steel Defender and the series is called Rusted Wasteland and it is by Cameron Coral. And she's been on the show. Uh, I don't remember when, but I'll have links in the show notes. So let me read this. Can a gentle robot win the fight for humanity's last hope? Before the robot uprising, Block the cleaner bot dutifully followed his programming as part of a hotel cleaning crew. Now in the aftermath of the AI apocalypse that annihilated the world, he simply he tries to simply do his job, avoiding the dangerous soldier bots who wage war on the last human survivors. But when Block finds a mysterious human infant, he's compelled to care for the girl and travel across, across the metal-infested wastelands of America to a safe haven 700 miles away. Without proper food and care, the baby could die before he reaches safety. When he encounters Nova, a surly soldier, a human, who becomes an unlikely ally, they must tackle the biggest challenge of their lives. Together, they face mortal danger from bands of scavengers, militaristic soldier bots, combat mechs, and a cyborg bounty hunter that will stop at nothing to find Block and the child, an infant who might hold the key to humanity's future. It uh, and I get chills again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love this book. In the very beginning, uh, Block is taking care of this teeny little cleaner bot that eventually runs out of power, and he has to leave it. And I, 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 I'm probably giving away something here, but it broke my heart. It yeah. absolutely destroyed me. And I actually put the book down for about a month after that happened, and then picked it back up again. Uh, but it had to be there because you had to show that Block was capable of, of humanity. You know, mm -hmm. he's a robot, mm -hmm. but he was capable of taking care of this, this child. And these are robots. There's one human that finally comes into the first book. And it's mostly robots. And it has more humanity than a lot of books about people that I've read. She does an amazing job of, of, taking us along and making and humanizing these robots but they're not human of course they're robots and it's just it's just a wonderful world that she has created it's so wonderful so great uh, if you let's see this is going to be post-apoc of course and robots of course so uh no magic sorry not in this one um but he's just a great character i think um I don't read that genre, but I might read that one. In that, it scares me because, you know, I think maybe we're heading that way. Um, and in another lifetime, maybe I'll be the little baby that, you know. Yeah. And, and robots, even now, you know, we have more and more robots doing things. Um, maybe just as a Zumba or whatever. But anyway, they they can be scary. And there's been sci-fi written a long time where the, the robot becomes more human than and that's, they have to be destroyed because they become enemies. But that one, that one seems the other end. He's, yeah, you know, it, it gives you good human. Yeah, it gives you great hope. It really does. Yes, and it yes. just those first few chapters when he's trying to, to take care of this little cleaner that he found and 
and it, it and it behaves very much like a human child. It's like a little R two D two type type. I forget what it was exactly, but like I said, I had to stop when it when it ran out of power and he had to leave it. I had to stop. I'm sorry about the spoiler, but it's only like a couple chapters in. Yeah. But I had to be there to set up what kind of what kind of character this robot was. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I forget. Oh God. I, I was gonna say I should have gone back and listened because she talked about how he came about and such. And I, I think she'd had a niece, her her brother or sister had a child. And then she started thinking about, you know, humanity and children and, and robots and, and came up with it from there. But her, her interview, I'll have links in the show notes, of course, her interview was excellent. And she talks about her book, could she read the sample from it? So um, that's one uh, to listen to. Okay, uh, do you have any more? I do. Do you want oh, to hear? Go ahead. Let me just look here. Um, actually, it was, and you can probably. Oh, I'll look it up had, as you say what it is. You have, well, you had Michelle Berger. I think that, is it Berger? I can't even read my own writing. The one of uh, the culture of hair. Oh, pandemics. the culture of hair. And something, I think. Yeah. If I could spell it correctly, I sure could find it. Yes. Culture of hair. Yeah, she was so interesting. Hang on. <laughs> uh, it was episode, let's see, did I write the episode down? Mm. Um, no, and I, I just that one. Go ahead. You know, I was just, I was just, and I almost, almost put hers. I was torn because I thought I only want to do four because if I do five, it's too many. But yeah, let me look it up real quick and see if I can find it. Um, she was so interesting. Whoops. Yeah, that was very, very, very interesting and so real. Here we go. Here's her book. Okay. So uh, it's called Renew You, R-E-E-N-U dash capital Y-O-U. And it's by Michelle Tracy Berger. So let me read the description real quick. What if a visit to a salon could kill you? What if a hair product bordered a deadly virus? Kat is an out-of-work ski instructor who just wants to pack up her deceased mother's things, leave New York City, and return to Aspen. Constancia is a talented but troubled young woman who just wants to start her first semester at college. In different shops across New York City, they and hundreds of other women of color try a new hair relaxer called Renew You. Then things start to go horribly awry. awry. Within days, they find themselves covered in purple scab-like lesions, a rash that pulses, oozes, and spreads in, in spiral patterns. They're at the epicenter of a mysterious virus spreading throughout the city. As the outbreak spreads and new cases pop up in Black and Latino communities throughout New York, panic, anger, and questions fill the streets. What is this virus and where does it come from? Is it corporate malfeasance or is this an orchestrated plot to kill minority women? In the face of a terrifying and uncertain future, Kat Constancia and a small band of other affected women are forced to confront their deepest fears to save themselves and others. As the world crumbles around them, they will soon discover more about each other, learn about themselves, and draw strength to face the future together. Renew You looks at the social and political meanings of hair, female friendship, and viruses. And I thought it was really interesting that, you know, this is pre-pandemic when she had done this. And uh, when, did, when did I chat with her? I want to say that the pandemic had actually started. When was this one published? Let me see. Let me go back to episode list here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, I didn't make any changes. All I did was copy something. January 14th. So we just had the, the very beginnings of the yeah, virus in uh, China. And um, I don't know if it had gotten to Europe yet. And so I think we might have talked just a teeny bit about that. But, you know, she was she wrote about she wrote about something, you know, right before it happened it was very topical. And I know, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, I, I failed to write down the Renew You, which really is the title, the first word of the title, right? Uh, the first two words, because what really caught me was that it, they, the hair, the culture of hair, a pandemic, you know, and sisterhood. I mean, those are like the themes that run through that. And renew you yeah that was yeah. the name of the product but <laughs> yeah yeah i love the interview and i love the book all right so my next book let's see Ghost Box, Monkey Witches. is that it oh okay the next one was an interview from this year but i love the series the concept the writing and the interview so much that i'm going to mention it it's last week's show actually uh with Duffina daily and did you listen yet um maybe not you, you I, might be behind yeah because you you had a bunch of stuff you had to do so uh so let me find uh Duffina's Duffina's series is called a golden drag boy mm -mm. and she deals with the concepts of rich poor black white uh, inequality um it's 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 conspiracy uh there is something that happens at the end of the first book that's like whoa it just blew my mind absolutely loved it so let me read the description it's really short in the ruins of san francisco california survivors of an epidemic that swept the nation have pooled inside their cities reconstructing life as we know it pitting the rich golden against the poor dreg the golden govern, every, govern everything, living above the city in four sectors. They look down on the dreg slums. Against all odds, the dregs have become survivors. Unable to afford proper care, their immune systems have adapted to protect them against the diseases now infecting the golden. So uh, this this boy, Cade, has uh, he's grown up golden, and he comes to find out, I think he's like 17 maybe, he comes to find out that he is actually dreg and he has ended up with this golden family and he's arrested and sentenced to death for impersonating uh, a golden and he is rescued by a group of dregs that he had run into in the beginning of the book at a skate park and it uh it is very exciting it is very exciting so they have to he has to try to figure out who he really is why things are the way they are. And as I said, there's a really cool ending to the first book that sets up future books. And you're, you're, you'll just be kind of like, whoa, I can't believe that's so cool. And, and how, you know, what's going to happen going forward. It, uh, and she reads, she reads from the book in, uh, in the um, episode last week. So if you want to hear a, a short, oh, I think she read like five pages, a little short section. There's a little short action sequence I asked her to read just because it was very exciting. I said, oh, that, that's a good one. So read that one. Uh, but this is, uh, of course, post-apoc, uh, kind of 
got a theme going here tonight. Yeah. Lots of post-apoc. Uh, we've got the wonky witches, which is comforting. I like witches and it's a cozy and cozy is already comforting and always comforting. And we've got Cecilia with the romances, which are sweet. And uh, those, um, those will save us from the post-apoc. <laughs> but I, I think I, this year I have read a lot of post-apoc. I think I had heard that post-apoc wasn't doing all that well, but virus theme books were doing really well. <laughs> you'd think that people would have had enough of virus. Yeah. And you'd, you'd think that romance would just be selling like crazy because people want happy, you know, especially well, sweet so romance with, like um, with uh, closed doors, you know? Yeah. So, but, but that, th those are my um, picks. As I said before, you can look at any of the, the shows that, that uh, we've done on, on Books Cubed here and any of the books uh, I would recommend. And you just scroll through the titles and see what appeals to you and, you know, give it a listen. And most of the readers, most of the authors, excuse me, have read samples from their books. And if they haven't read a sample, then you can go to Amazon or any of the retailers, click on the book cover and you'll get a free sample and you can check out the books uh, yourself. And, uh, oh, as I, as I mentioned often, I think I mentioned it last week, even don't forget that if you have a library card, you can download the Libby L I B B Y app and you can get library books through the app for free and the authors get paid. So you get it for free. The authors get paid. If you don't see your favorite indie author listed, contact your library and ask them to buy the book. If enough people do it, they will get the books. And if you ask really nicely, they may buy the book anyway, and the librarian may like it. You know, uh, it's it's a good way to get books. If you don't have a library card, you know, you, you don't have to go to the library even to do it. Uh, my husband didn't have one and wanted to listen to the Harry Potter books. He'd never heard them. So he just called the library and he got a library card over the phone. So, uh, and he listens to all the, all the Harry Potter books are on there. And so... He, uh, he downloads one periodically and we listen to it as we drive and he's a happy camper. So, so anyway, so that, those are my, uh, and suggestions of my favorite ones from, uh, this past year in books. You know, I love all of them. There's so many more Tom Fowler's books, CT Ferguson are excellent mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Excellent mysteries. Uh, there's just so many that I've chatted with um on here uh we have a friend uh laura bowden how do you say her last name she wrote um uh, uh, orangutan claws is it, is it called orangutan claws um the it's orangutan... you look that one up yeah it's um it's a children's and book I it, it was one um, of the ones that i really liked and yeah uh, i bought it for my niece i went to her she did a a, a talk at the library and so I went and listened and bought a copy for my niece. And it's um, at the zoo. And I guess Santa isn't coming. I'm trying to remember. So this orangutan dresses up like Santa and delivers presents to the other animals of the zoo. And it, the ending is really funny and unexpected. And it's an excellent book. It's a Christmas book, but you can read books any time of the year. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas or not. It's an excellent one for children. Night Before Christmas. The orangutan's night before Christmas. Orangutan's night before Christmas. Okay. And I'm going to add that one. Um, hope I remember all these. <laughs> orangutan night before Christmas. Okay. Just so I put these all in the show notes. 
Uh, let's see. So let's, I think I have everything listed on here, but um, just, I don't forget, send me the ones that we talked about. Okay. Uh, so I make sure I put them in the show notes. I'll listen to this again, but it doesn't mean I'll actually remember to, to put, put it in the show notes unless it's written down. I'm really bad about that kind of thing. So uh, we'll have them all in the show notes. And I think that's about it. Um, how are your eyes doing? I meant to ask you in the beginning. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> uh, it was a it was a tricky uh, surgery. That's what my doctor said. And um, yeah, it it will take up to about a month before they settle my vision settles again. Probably have to get new glasses. Maybe we can go together. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, my, I think I have blue. Yeah, I have these blue Ray Bans I got. These are my these are my glasses right now. Of course, I can't. I have trifocal, so I can't see anything because the computer is too close. I have to kind of lift my head. Yeah, up. yeah. But uh, yeah, these are these are. Um, I went to Walmart so I could buy cheap glasses, and then I bought the most expensive Ray Bans that they had. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so it'll be a month before you. Um, I like the blue ones you're wearing right now. Yeah, these these I uh, help me a little bit when I'm on the computer. I don't usually wear these. I wear the others, but I was going to say, usually they're clear maybe or, yeah. or like pink. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm sure you'll have you back on again soon and we'll be talking about something probably book related. Probably so. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye. As always, I want to thank Terry for coming on and co-hosting with me this time. Everything that we talked about will be down in the show notes. So look for your favorite genre and grab those books. And that's it for this week. If you enjoyed the show, please drop down to the show notes. Click on the word comment. It will take you over to our YouTube channel if you're not already there. And you can go ahead and leave me a message. Let us know what you thought of the show. And by us, I mean me. <laughs> Let me, or Terry too. Sorry, Terry. Let us know what you thought of the show. And uh if, if you are on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe. I guess you click that button, I don't know, somewhere down there. And uh, you ring a bell and it tells you when the show is, uh, is uh, out. It's out every Thursday. And if you are on the podcast, you can go down to the uh, page there and there's some stars. Give us some star love. We'd appreciate that. And that's it for now. I have another great show for you next week. Elisa and I are back with a writing prompt show. And we have a newbie this week. So I'm very excited to bring you that show. Until then, go read a good book. Mm -hmm.